Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. The minute I ate anything, my stomach would bloat up like a violet off of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Like I felt like I needed to be yeah, rolled away by an Oompa Loompa because that's how I felt. It was horrible. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We're going to be talking to Heather Gray, and I think the thing I like the most about this episode, although there are many things to like, is the fact that Heather is not on here plugging her business or her coaching services or whatever, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if you have it, share it. But I think it's even more admirable when you do not have those things and you are coming on simply to share your story with other people. Heather actually works full-time for FDN. She's on the course side of things, not so much the FDN Thrive side of things. And she literally is just sharing her story today so that people can learn from her experience. She found FDN shortly after being diagnosed with Lyme disease, which she found out she had for over 27 years. She was working with Lyme doctors to help address the Lyme, but nobody was helping to address all the other issues that this disease caused. Now, you've probably heard in previous podcasts that we've done that Lyme disease is a nasty little thing. Celiacs is also a part of this story as well, but I do not want to give too much of this away. Heather has an awesome ability of just being raw, authentic, and real, and breaking down pretty complicated stuff in a very simple and straightforward way. So you'll just have to hear it for yourself. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hey there, Heather. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. So we always like to start off by talking to our practitioners about maybe some of the health issues that they dealt with, because I always say no one gets into this work accidentally. And I'm curious, I mean, what was Heather's uh, health history like? Were you someone that started dealing with health issues like as a kid, um, adult, teenager? Tell us a little bit about that. How long do you have? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, uh, I like to tell people I, I, I'm pretty much sure I was born constipated. I, I remember at a very early age, like three or four, you know, young kid where my feet can't touch the ground falling asleep because they were, my feet were falling asleep because I was sitting on the potty for so long. So I'm pretty sure I was, I was born constipated and that kind of started, um, some of my issues. And then some of them really started to flare up in high school. I went undiagnosed celiac for a long time and went to undiagnosed Lyme disease for over 20 some years. But the majority of my health issues started definitely a couple years after I was bit. And um, everything, well, it started off with me in the psych ward. So I've had two, two or three stints in the psych ward, um, hmm. mostly in, as, as an early teenager. It was funny because after I got my diagnosis for Lyme disease, you know, in my mid thirties, I remember leaving the doctor's office bawling and screaming. And this was going to be the title to my book. If I ever got to writing a book and it was, I told you I'm not crazy, you know, the realities of Lyme disease. Um, so yeah, I've been very sick for a very long time. The, the Lyme definitely, uh, messed with my brain and messed with my gut more so than anything else. I didn't have the debilitating, uh, neurological effects or the debilitating, um, like pain, like a lot of people with Lyme do. Um, 
definitely issues with memory. I did have some cognitive issues, um, gut function. Like I swear I haven't been able to, to process food correctly my whole life. Um, gut distension. I was talking, I was listening to, uh, Jennifer's, uh, the last FDN that you did her podcast and she talked about how she had to put on yoga pants by three o'clock every day because her belly got <laughs> yep. so distended. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's me. You know? Um, so yeah, it's just a myriad of, and, and I did have pain, but not to the extent that I knew a lot of people did. Uh, hormones were out of whack. Um, like her, I think she'd spoke about too, about having a miscarriage. I miscarried the first time because my progesterone was so dang low. Um, thank God my doctor did find that out when I got pregnant the second time and put me on a progesterone cream and that helped me uh, carry the full term. But, you know, they call Lyme the great mimicker, the great imitator, because, I mean, I was diagnosed bipolar, uh, fibromyalgia, chronic um, uh, uh, fatigue syndrome, um, MS. I mean, you name it. The list goes on IBS Crohn's. Like I've had so many different labels thrown at me over the past 20 years. And then most of the time it was just patting me on the head and making me feel like I was crazy because they couldn't find anything on any of the blood work or, you know, any, mm -hmm. any of the testing that they would do would show up that I was fine, but I clearly wasn't. Okay. And yeah, for those out there that don't know, I mean, there's a lot of things <laughs> that we see in the functional space that go for way too long without being addressed. But to have that like double whammy of celiacs and Lyme, I mean, you have two of the things that, uh, chronic Lyme that is, right? Yeah. You know, you have two things that are very common for going years. I think, uh, I, you know what, guys, I'll always be honest. Don't quote me on this, but I am almost positive that I read it takes on average person with celiacs, 11 years to get a proper diagnosis. Do you know anything about that? Is that even somewhat correct? Uh, yeah, I believe it's, it's shortened down quite a bit these days. Um, so like it took me 30 some years to get diagnosed celiac and 20 some years to get diagnosed with Lyme. And I know my kid got diagnosed. It only took a year and a half when he was two to get diagnosed with uh, celiac. Okay. Well, not good that um, your child has it, but great that they got that addressed so early, right? Because they, there's so many different things that you can go through. Um, and do you think, I'm curious because I've heard a lot of the times, I actually even have a really good friend with celiacs who has also ended up in, I think hers was more, you know, the hospital for mental health reasons because of the celiacs. Was that contributed just for the Lyme disease? Or do you think it was a mix of this undiagnosed celiacs with the Lyme? Oh, absolutely both, you know, because okay. the, the gut being the second brain, you know, if it's not functioning properly, if you're not absorbing, if you're not, you know, getting the right type of uh, neurotransmitters, I mean, absolutely. I think it was a combination of the both. Understood. All right. So you have a lot going on, obviously, for many years. Um, what are some of the first things that you're trying, if anything, cause like, I'm assuming when you got put into, um, the psych ward the for the first time, I mean, they're probably putting you on some type of medication. Like what is the journey like through Western medicine trying to figure these symptoms out? Oh God, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. Every single type of antidepressant, antipsychotic mood stabilizer, which I told you I was already born constipated. So a lot of these damn drugs, you know, would make that even worse. Uh, it would screw with my sleep, which would then add to the psychosis even more. Like it was just this constant snowball entangled mess of crap where I couldn't, 
I couldn't find a light to see my way out. Like there was, it was just darkness and it had gotten to be such a tangled mess. I just, I, it was really tough. Um, I did back then, that's kind of what started my journey into more alternative type of medicine. And I started looking into like herbs and like natural ways to fix bipolar and depression and anxiety and all that stuff. Like already I could tell from the side effects that was happening with the medication they had me on. Like I knew there was no way that that was a long-term solution. I knew that I would be dead <laughs> before I actually got better. Sure. Well, when you, were you getting into the natural side of things then I, to be clear, like after the diagnoses or like sometime before that? Before that, way before that. Um, it was, it was, uh, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old when I started researching, you know, alternative, uh, things to help out mental illness, because I, like I said, I, the stuff they put me on just numbed me to the point of it wasn't life anymore. You know, like why bother? Yeah, I have, um, I, I, Heather and I don't really, you know, we have so many practitioners in FTN and so many different people working. Um, Heather and I have never really gotten a chance to talk to each other much. And I'm someone that has an extensive history with mental health. And I totally get that. You know, the best case scenario for me was something like Xanax, which was fantastic for my anxiety. I cannot deny that. That absolutely worked for anxiety, but it also brought with it new problems, right? It was kind of just a trade-off um, for other things that I would then have to deal with. So I definitely understand that. And I'm really impressed nonetheless, though, that you started, I mean, at such a young age researching these, I mean, did you have parents or something in the natural space? Or that was truly just, Hey, this doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to go see if there's something else out there. God, no, I just, I actually came from a family of nurses and God love them. I mean, they, they do phenomenal work, but my mother and my grandmother, especially were very much into hardcore Western medicine. You know, you take your pill, you know, like a good person, like a good soldier and you, you know, go about your way and you never question the doctor. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and so no, it was just, it was just a gut feeling of, oh my God, this is not, this is not how I'm supposed to live. This is not, this is not it. This can't be it. You know, so it was, it was searching for answers, you know, a lot of out of desperation and out of this just can't be it. Um, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> People are going to click me off eventually because I just keep repeating this, but I think it's so important. <laughs> I cannot tell you, Heather, how many practitioners so far, because I have plenty in the queue at the time of recording this, it's over 50% that their reason for getting into natural medicine was because of what they describe as an intuition, a gut feeling, or some kind of knowing that this just didn't add up. And my point of saying that is not to get into some weird you know, spiritual thing, guys. It's because you know, you got to have some level of confidence for yourself. Okay. Like you as an individual are your best health practitioner ever. There is no one that can help you more than yourself. And when you feel like something doesn't make sense and you know, you're being told that it's this way and you're not getting results. Um, I'm not saying go play doctor by yourself, but I am saying, yeah, don't be afraid to not take no for an answer and go out and search these other things. I give a lot of props to anyone who does that, let alone someone um, in their late teen years that was doing that. Now, of course, just doing quick math based on how long it took you to get diagnosed with the celiacs and Lyme, I'm going to guess, unfortunately, those natural things that maybe you looked up at 16, 17, and 18, um, did they not work so well or did they only help, help a little bit? Like what were some of those things that you found? Well, little Miss Silly here, because I was young, right? Um, I would take the supplements, but I would continue 
to drink alcohol, excessive amounts of caffeine, very addicted to sugar. So <laughs> my diet and my lifestyle absolutely sucked. And as we know, an FDN, you know, in the dress, you know, diet, rest, stress reduction, supplementation, you know, it takes all of those pieces of the puzzle to become a whole person, a whole healthy person. And I definitely, <laughs> I was only doing the very last S I was doing supplementation. <laughs> and so, yes. <laughs> why, yes, I was getting a little bit of symptom control for the most part, the Lyme in my brain. I mean, I was full on party girl at that age. Um, very irresponsible with money. Just, I mean, it was, I definitely had an imbalance in my brain chemistry and I was, I was self-medicating, mm -hmm. um, full on. I mean, it took me, uh, two years to get through an 11 month hairstylist program. You know, they, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's something to be proud of or not, but the, the school I went to, you had to go to school on a Saturday. And if you missed a Saturday, you had to make it up on a Saturday after you committed your, after you fulfilled your commitment with the hours. And it took me a year and a half of Saturdays to make up because I was so busy partying and self-medicating <laughs> like on Friday nights that I couldn't get up and go to school the next day. So most people quit. They dropped out way before they got to the point where I was, but I'll be damned. I was not going to be a beauty school dropout. So <laughs> I uh, made sure. I might miss half the classes, but I am going to finish. <laughs> I will finish. And I did. <laughs> That's awesome. I, yeah. Well, and I love that you bring that up too, you know, because there's a difference between justification and explanation. And I don't sense one bit of justification from you. And that's how I always explain things to people in my life. Like truth is I'm kind of a nerd. I am like the person that goes to bed at nine o'clock and that's what I like to do. And I had this whole different side of me when I was younger. Right. And when we have an imbalanced brain, again, I'm not justifying our actions, but yeah, we do make different decisions and we have different impulses, right? When our brains are not working well. Um, and I certainly, well, as far as I know, um, never had something like Lyme or celiacs, which are have huge effects on our neurological function. So um, I definitely understand that. Now, I'm really curious, what is the final point where you get diagnosed with celiacs and Lyme? And I'm going to guess that's not at the same time. They're two different events. Uh, correct. I got diagnosed with Lyme in like 2012. I got diagnosed with celiac, I want to say 2015, I think, which was really silly because again, so kind of this little bit of a denial going on, you know, my kid had been diagnosed since 2013 or no, since 2014, cause he was born in 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, duh, I know it's hereditary, so I don't know why it took me so long to get out of denial <laughs> that, yeah, I probably have this going on too. Um, but yeah, the Lyme definitely did get diagnosed first. And then um, I was through the FDN and going through a lot of the different uh, testing that I went through to kind of pick up the the celiac. Okay. Very interesting. So that helps like transition perfectly into one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Uh, what I'm very curious about is what is it that, you know, you're trying at least humoring natural sides of things from a very young age. What was it that finally led you to like the FDN course? Because this is a very powerful thing, but it is sometimes hidden in this niche corner of the functional medicine world, which is kind of already a niche thing, right? <laughs> so right. Um, I'm curious how you found it and got into it. So it was shortly after being diagnosed with Lyme disease and the doctor I was working with was, was just hitting my body with napalm, um, you know, trying to kill the critters, but not doing anything to support my body. 
And I, I see that all too often that the doctors just go straight for the bug and, and forget about the host. And, um, you know, again, just kind of, uh, I'm trying it out for a little while and seeing what it was doing to me and then getting another innate feeling of if I continue this route, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. I got to find something else. And so I had heard, I'd been following Sean Croxton, underground wellness and heard Reed Davis speak one day on, on Sean Croxton and, uh, absolutely changed my life. Like it was a light bulb that went off that I was just like, holy, holy, holy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I have a little bit of a potty mouth. I try to watch it. I don't know what I can get away with anymore. Um, but yeah, it was just like, this was the missing puzzle piece that I needed because I had tried so many things on my own, but not having any real background, you know, foundation. I was just chasing different white rabbits down holes. Right. Mm -hmm. And some of them would get me so, you know, up to a certain level, but just never really over that finishing line, not that we're ever finished. <laughs> um, but I definitely saw that this package, what he was talking about with the guts, with the hormones, with the other bacteria, yeast and parasites, with food sensitivities, with, you know, all that would be the, you know, absolutely the course that I needed to do. And so sure, I had a little Correct. bit of talking into my husband to let me do the course, because like I heard even Jennifer say the last time that people usually come to FDN, you know, at the end of the line type of thing when they're already really broke. They've been really sick for a long time and, you know, trying to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to pay for this course and, and pay for the testing and pay for the supplements? But like I said, there was just, even though I had been so suicidal my whole life, there was still just enough of a fight in me to say, I have to give this a chance because if I don't, there's, there's nowhere else for me to go. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I love what you just said and, and hate it in a way. And not because you said it, I mean, in the sense of it's so sad to me that this is, you know, a last resort for a lot of people when so often this works for individuals, even after they've been banged up for 10, 20 or 30 years, right? It's like, who knows what would have happened if people were doing work like this two years into a diagnosis or three months, right? And that's one of our things with FDN Thrive. We're trying to let people know um, that these kinds of things are out there, right? And the FDN Thrive program obviously brings this directly to individuals who are like, you know what? I don't know if the course is for me, but I'd love to come in as a client basically of these practitioners and get to go through this type of stuff. So uh, I definitely get that. And I think the only thing that might be as common as the answer to the question of, um, you know, how did you get into the natural side of things being like almost an intuition is Sean Croxton being the reason for <laughs> <laughs> people getting into the FDN course. That guy must have been like super popular. I can't wait to hopefully like talk to him or meet him one day. Um, That'll be very cool. So when you were going through FDN, I know that you had already mentioned that that's when you found the celiac disease. Um, I'm curious though, like what else were you finding on the labs that maybe were like totally new concepts to you? Oh my God. So many. So like the first main one that I used to talk about when I was giving the stress and hormones workshop that you can get from, from Reed, it's like a workshop in a box. It's already put together. It's amazing. But I would talk about how like the difference between blood testing of hormones and the way we, we test hormones with the saliva. So when I went to the doctor to have my hormones tested after having my baby, and Jennifer talked about this too, that usually a lot of times women will come into this already so depleted 
And then I had a baby, which was even like a bigger parasite <laughs> with the other parasites that I already had. So completely just sucked the life out of me. Um, dang kids. <laughs> but, um, so I, I was having problems with my hormones and I went to the doctor, they did a blood test. Oh, your hormones are fine. Did the uh, saliva test and it showed that it was shortly after I ate breakfast that my uh, cortisol levels and everything would be raised. So on a blood test, if that's when I went to go get the blood test done, it would look like that my hormones were normal. But what I also found out from a food sensitivity test, like I was uh, having a food sensitivity towards coconut. And I think I was, I ate something that morning that had coconut milk in it. And so that was stressing my body out because I was sensitive to it and making my hormones look normal on a blood test. So it wasn't until I actually had that whole picture of food sensitivities plus a, a you know, a hormone test with saliva, which were different, um, uh, functions throughout the day, uh, different times throughout the day, not just a one, one snapshot, you know, it gave more of a whole picture of what was going on. I think the other part that really, uh, wowed me was I found the reason for that distended belly, like Jennifer had talked about, and it was blastocystis hominis, which is really common with people who have animals. And I did want to be a veterinarian long time ago, and I've always had a barnyard. <laughs> okay. So this is really interesting because I love um, grabbing like golden nuggets from the practitioners as they went through, like using what they learned when they went through the course, right? And what they found with themselves. And we've had other people with Blasto, but we've never had anyone like actually talk about that yet. Mm -hmm. um, so can you just explain, and of course we don't need like, you know, an hour lecture on it, but I would love some like details with it and we can get a little scientific if you feel that's necessary. Like what is blastocystis? What is this doing to the body? Um, and I love that you just connected it to the animals thing. So maybe we could like also tell people like, I don't know if it's more popular in certain animals. Like I don't even know that answer. So I'd love to know about this parasite and what the heck this thing actually does to us. You know, I wish I could answer those questions a little bit more eloquently. That was back in 2013 when I was researching and I haven't done much with it since. Um, what I remember back then, so that was what was causing me the, the minute I ate anything, my stomach would bloat up like a violet off of Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. Like I felt like oh, I needed God. to be yeah, <laughs> rolled away by an Oompa Loompa because that's how I felt. It was horrible. Um, but when I, I remember doing uh, research back on it in the day, and, they, and I just remember re coming across somewhere that it's very commonly spread from animals to human. And uh, so when I watch people let their dogs like lick their face, lick their face, lick their face, I'm like, oh, God, stop. You know, that's a phenomenal way of getting a parasite. Um, Oh, geez. Yeah. I am, uh, I admit I'm a little guilty of that. Oh, no, I, I think I might've been beforehand until I got that and started learning about how this was, uh, transmitted from animals to human. And so no, absolutely not. I don't, I don't let my animals lick me anymore. And, and that's, you know, that might be a little excessive, but I'm, I just, cause it's well, really, hey. really hard to get rid of parasites. You have to take, you know, a certain amount of these pills for a certain amount of period, because you have to get all the stages of their life, you know, from, from the, uh, uh, I guess like what the larva to the correct. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, to make sure that you have them, you can't just do like a quick one week treatment and trying to kill them. You also have to get all their stages of their life. And so dealing with parasites and getting rid of them aren't, isn't very easy and it can be quite expensive. So once I 
try to take care of that. I try to uh, stay away from activities that would hopefully uh, prevent me from catching it again. Sure. Well, and that makes a ton of sense, right? Because the one factor is what you just said. I mean, there's the cost and time involved. Um, and, you know, number two, if you've and I never want to sound dramatic. I'm assuming anyone that's actually found a podcast like this and is listening can relate, unfortunately. But you know, if you've been as sick as some of the people in FDN have, you understand why we take some extra precautions, right? Oh, um, sure. And we might do things that seem a little extreme. It's like, all right, well, I never want to go back to that ever again. Um, so I can definitely empathize with that for sure. So, okay, we don't need a whole lecture on blastocystis hominis then. I am curious though, do you remember like, what was the protocol that you ended up using that, uh, you know, hopefully I'm guessing it's gone now as far as you know? Um, it has, I feel like I might be dealing with it a little bit again. Um, I still have a cat. Um, I just, I did the FDN protocol that was, uh, you know, what was in our handbook at the time, I'm actually going to go back through the course again, because, you know, the FDN uh, course back in 2013 was life changing, but now it's like on steroids. And so I'm actually <laughs> going to go back through in two weeks, I'll be starting the course all over again from from square one to pick up a lot of the stuff that's changed and they've added and yep. This is that, that I totally agree with that because, you know, Reed's always revamping it. And I mean, you graduated years before me. I was in 2017 and my girlfriend's actually going through it right now. And I mean, no one else out there would know this, but Heather would know this because I was a little late. Um, I'm driving down from Florida, uh, driving to Florida from Pennsylvania rather uh, today. And we're going through the FDN course and <laughs> we're watching some of the stuff for review. And there's been so many cool things added. And I think that's really important for people out there that are interested like in the FDN Thrive program to hear, this is a continuously growing thing, right? We're always getting the practitioners with the absolute best information. Um, and that's what you have to do because if you're stagnant in this space, whether you're in Western medicine, Eastern natural, whatever, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not a good thing uh, because there's new great things coming out pretty much every single day. Sometimes it's a little overwhelming, um, but nonetheless, I wanted to ask that just because I know that there's a Western medicine route for blastocystis hominis and virtually anything else that we find. Um, and some people choose to do that and that's okay too. But a lot of the times these very safe, um, hopefully gentle enough herbal remedies are actually very effective, if not even more effective. So I think that's really cool. Now I, um, I know that you are more in the course sales side of things now today, and we'll talk about that actually in a moment, but I know that you had a practice also at one point, and I'm wondering, did you have any like really cool um, successes back at that time? I always like grabbing like one story from each practitioner about someone that came in and maybe had a cool little health transformation. <laughs> so uh, I got two short ones that I can say. One was my kid. So like I said, my kid was diagnosed celiac at the age of two. Um, and all the doctor told us to do at the time was stay off of gluten. Okay, cool. No problem. Didn't tell us anything about rebuilding the gut. I mean, anything, anything, anything cross reaction reactions, like nothing. So this kid is now nine at the time and can't sleep at all. Like would cry himself, uh, uh, shortly before bedtime. I had to apologize because sometimes I will say she, and sometimes I will say he, and it's because he's now transgendered. And so when I referred to her back when she was younger, she was a she. So Understood. I just needed to make sure I got that clear. Um, 
but he would cry, 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 cry right before bed because he couldn't sleep. Um, and he would lay in there and toss and turn and he was still constipated. He would still talk about his belly hurting. Like there were so many things that this nine-year-old still should not be dealing with. And so he was one of my case studies. And one thing that really struck me when he came back was his UBAS, his liver function was elevated to the same number as mine. Hmm. And at the time I was a 34 year old party girl, right? Heart drinker, <laughs> you know, and here's this kid's liver that was, that was the same number as mine. So I found out that he had such a st systemic candida infection and it was all that bug poo. It was all the, the bug poo that was clogging his liver. Um, wow. And he had no outward symptoms of a candida infection, no typical yeast, no thrush, no nothing, no outward symptoms of this bad of a systemic. And they say that they never usually see candida in a stool sample like that. Like that was unheard of at the time. So that was, that was one that was pretty eye opening. The other one was a client of mine who just wanted to work on weight. She was, she was pretty heavy and had been heavy her whole life and really just wanted to change that. So we started off with just doing a food sensitivity test and a metabolic typing. And when that came back and I gave her the protocol of the foods to stay away from, she told me almost immediately her migraines went away. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold the phone. <laughs> what are you talking about migraines? You never told me that you dealt with migraines. Oh yeah, usually one or two a day. Sometimes it de oh depilitates me. You know, I can't get out of bed and I have to call in sick to work. And I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, what? You buried the lead there a little bit, didn't you? Um, yeah, and we talked about this before, but I'd love to hear it from you. Why do we all see that so often? Like, why did this woman not tell you about that, do you think? Because it's just, it, we've been brainwashed. It's like Reed says all the time, just no matter how common a symptom may be, doesn't mean that it's normal. We grew up watching Tylenol commercials, ibuprofen commercials. It kind of desensitizes us to, you know, oh, you have a headache? Take this pill. You know, so it never, it never dawns on us to question what the heck we're putting in our mouth because we've seen it on TV, the news, you know, it's just, it's just this weird phenomenon. The worst, it didn't even cross her mind. She'd been dealing with it for so long. Nobody's ever said anything about it before and no, you know, raise for cause for alarm. So she just thought it was normal. Right. Wow. And I actually have, um, I, I'm promised guys, I'm not actually this smart. It just happened to be really good topics for me. I have two interesting stats that, you know, for stuff that you just mentioned that really should open people's eyes to the seriousness of these situations. And I don't mean that in a bad way. There's absolutely hope. It's just, you know, we have to be conscious of this. There was a great study done on celiac patients and Heather, they found that 8%, only 8% of celiac patients after they got diagnosed um, and after 16 months or so a year and four months actually had healed gut lining. The other 92% still had that broken down microvilli, the intestinal permeability, all those things. So, you know, we're really not doing the best job <laughs> um, in terms of helping these individuals with the celiacs, which, which is sad, even if they get a diagnosis. And then the other thing you just mentioned is we're seeing this stuff on TV from day one. That is normal to us in America. Well, I learned later in life, we are still to this day one of two countries, yep. two yep. in the entire world that allow direct-to-pharmaceutical um, or direct-to-consumer advertising for pharmaceuticals. Yep. That is ridiculous. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. 
Okay, so we both have a lot of passion. Preach it to the choir, brother. Yes, yes. Um, this is really cool to have an opportunity to talk to someone that does the FDN course side of things. And of course, um, this is more of a podcast focused towards FDN Thrive. But I would love to hear, you know, who's the type of individual that you're finding most often is coming to the course? Are these other health professionals? Are these people on a health journey? I mean, what is it like from your perspective? Uh, right now, I'm seeing mostly health professionals. I signed up a nurse practitioner today, a nurse, and an acupuncturist. Um, so it's uh, it's phenomenal that the Western medicine model, those folks are starting to wake up and go, hey, what I'm doing is not necessarily helping. Um, so now they're starting to search for answers themselves. And actually a lot of them had similar stories, backgrounds like I did, where they're, they're really still trying to figure out their own health journey as well. Um, but they are already have existing practices. And so they want to be able to take this knowledge and, and give it to their patients as well. And from day one, that was probably the most amazing thing that I saw in the FDN community compared to other certifications that I have, which I don't need to mention. It's not important. Um, but with FDN, I was seeing MDs in here. I'm seeing PhDs. I'm seeing naturopaths. I'm seeing personal trainers, right? It's like everyone is coming together to do this. And that's what we want. Um, I always reiterate this point in these podcasts. We're not against Western medicine. We want Western medicine to be used when it's appropriate and best. And we want functional medicine to be used when it's appropriate and best, right? Like it's as simple as that. Um, and that's going to take a lot of teaming up um, from all sides of this. So to hear like, you know, you're signing up a nurse practitioner and an acupuncturist in the same day. Like, welcome to 2021. The future is looking pretty good, I think. Um, we're in a tough time right now, for sure. But I think the future is looking pretty good for the healthcare side of things, if that's who's coming to FDN. Oh, absolutely. It gives me great <laughs> deal of hope. Great deal of hope that I'm dealing with, you know, these, the nurses and the nurse practitioners. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. So I have two more questions for you today. One is, and I always uh, put this out there for people. Guys, we don't pretend to be pinnacles of health. Um, most of us have been through the ringer. Again, not to be dramatic, it's just the truth. And so maybe we're never at 100%, but we've made progress and that's really worth sharing. So I'd love to know, Heather, I mean, where is your health like today? Because you were dealing with this stuff for decades. I mean, I'm sure that takes a while to get under control. So yeah, absolutely. So right after I started doing the FDN protocol, within the first three months, I had lost like 30 pounds. I was sleeping at night again. I had a sex drive again. Um, my face was clearing up. So I had gotten like, I want to say 75, 80% better within the first three months of working FDN. Um, I did find out that I had mold issues that I needed to work on. And I also had a cavitation, which I'm not sure you, do you know anything about cavitations? I, you know, what? if you want to take a second, I'd love to hear how that relates to health. I have a general understanding, but I'm sure I could be educated. So the root cause, it's a phenomenal documentary you can look up right now, but it's all about uh, like root canals and like what, you know, just like Western medicine being kind of uh, uh, not having all the answers, the same thing with dentists and, and more so that a lot of the practices they're doing are actually making people very, very, very sick. And so when I was 13, I had my wisdom teeth pulled and they had left uh, something behind, uh, some sort of a root. Uh, they, they say it in the, the documentary. I can't remember the name of it. But what happens when you leave stuff behind like that is it has a tendency to grow bacteria and other bugs. And then once it heals, it stays in your jaw. So in the jaw, the, all the blood vessels, everything is so close to the brain. 
So I had this massive infection that was basically trapped in on both sides of my lower jaw since I was 13 years old. So I had just had surgery on that just this last last year in May. And when they sent that to pathology, they had found like three different types of bacteria, two different types of parasites. Like it was gnarly. And it even kind of ate away at some of my spongy bone in my jaw. Uh, There was almost like, it was just a, it was just an open hole of infection. And so that had been directly affecting my brain and my memory. Like my cognitive, I was really declining again this last year and a half until I, I had that done. And then I started to bounce back. So I'm going through another layer of healing and a lot of people who have chronic illnesses can relate. You know, you'll get to a point, you learn a lot of good stuff, you you hit a plateau, right? Although when I hit that plateau, I went through a divorce, which uh, you can't focus on just the physical. Anybody who knows anything about healing knows you also have to focus on the mental, mental, emotional, you know, it's, it's the whole gamut of everything. And so when I went through that divorce, it it hit me like I, I never in my life expected. The depression, the anxiety, the now I'm in survivor mode because I'm single mom trying to make ends meet. Like it was insane. So I went through another layer of, of healing and health over the past seven years. And I'm getting ready to actually go back to square one and do FDN all over again. I just ordered my food sensitivity test because I'm now in my 40s and I'm having a hard time with weight. I'm having a hard time with uh, hormones. I'm having a hard time with, you know, so I just, you know, it was like, this worked for me once before. And I'm, you know, it's, it's probably time to look at everything again. Cause I kind of wasn't the well best behaved in the last seven years. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that transparency. And I think, you know what, that's a really realistic thing um, for people because this stuff does end up being, it can be a roller coaster sometimes. And that's okay because what's different about, after learning about this stuff is that we have the tools and resources. Like, yeah, you're dealing with some stuff right now and you know exactly where to go. Mm-hmm. And that's what's important because then we get ourselves out of what we always refer to as kind of the cycle of trial and error. You know, you're just playing guessing games, shooting in the dark. It's like, okay, like, you know, even myself during the pandemic, I've had some things that went on and I'm like, all right, well, I know what to do. Like, I got to check these basics and then, um, you know, maybe even utilize some testing if I still need to at this point, that's fair. And it's just so cool and empowering to know like, okay, well, this is going on, but (laughs) at least I know which direction to take. So I love your uh, transparency with all that. Thank you. And my final question today is my signature question for this podcast, which I love more than anything else. And I know as FDNs, we are critical thinkers, uh, at least I hope we all are. (laughs) And we try to make sure that we don't just generalize things and we know that everyone is bio-individual. So with that disclaimed, let's say Heather had a magic wand and you could get everyone in this world to engage in one health habit, or you could get everyone in this world to stop one habit. Obviously, both of these things are in order to better the world's health. What would you get everyone to do or not to do? I would get them to eat real food. I wish I could get rid of packaged food altogether. Like it is disgusting. It's dead. It's inflammatory. It's disease causing. Like it's addictive. It's addictive. It's addictive. I wish I could get rid of all the crap that a lot of other countries have banned in their country, but we allow to go on here in the United States. Oh, well, what an interesting point to end on. And that is the fact that, yes, it is indeed true that many countries around the world have banned, outright banned, 
so many of the things that we allow into our processed foods here in America. Another little fun fact is that a fraction of Europe still has banned or greatly limited the use of genetically modified foods, and yet we use them rampantly here in the United States, and you still do not even get a label on your food telling you that it's in it. Folks, there are second, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, even third world countries that don't do that to their citizens. So that's just the facts, right? Maybe those things are fine, whatever, but that's a science experiment. We do not have the long-term studies on these things because they haven't been around long enough. Whew, that gets me fired up. That was one of the first things I ever learned about in the natural health space, if you would even call it natural health. I think that's just common sense, but I digress. I want to thank Heather again for so much uh, so much for coming on here today. This was, again, someone who has nothing to plug. She's not like sharing her business or whatever. She is just on here to help other people. I think that is amazing. Guys, if you could be so kind as to leave the FDN Thrive Podcast a five-star review anywhere you podcast, but specifically Apple Podcasts would be awesome. It might be called iTunes Podcasts now. I'm not sure which name they're going by, but you know what I mean. If you got an iPhone, it's the default podcast app that comes there. This information is not stuff that's known by people. Think about the fact that I just gave you with the banned GMOs in different countries. Did you know that before I told you that? There are people out there that have no idea this stuff is going on, and we need to get awareness to it, okay? Please help out the podcast, leave a review. It's very simple, takes two seconds, and it makes sure that our ranking goes higher so more people can hear this stuff. We need a lot of people in this space if we're going to make the changes that we want to make. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to the FDM Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to FDNThrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's FDNThrive.com.